We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. This week's episode of The Corner is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the cost. You know me and Andreas are always covering events. We're always writing articles. But when we do have time to sleep, we lay our head down on a nice, pillowy, soft premium mattress from Casper Mattresses. Casper is revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and going straight to you. No showrooms, no middleman. Everyone's seen those creepy guys trying to follow you around the department store. None of that anymore. You get your hands on a nice premium mattress by going straight to Casper Mattresses. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I got to get my rest. So Casper Mattresses is the, is the goods. I'm telling you right now. So listen... You can get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo code the corner. That's one word, the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner, promo code T H E C O R N E R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Another week, another great episode of the Corner Podcast. Yes, we left humility at the door this week. Kel Dansby here. Old man Andres Hell in the building. I can feel it in the air, Dre. It's ramping up. Boxing's getting started. We're about to get a lot of big matches. We have wrestling this weekend. We're going to get on a roll with that. Conor McGregor's on the horizon. We have a whole different UFC pay-per-view coming up before then. I feel it. I feel like it's about to be that busy season for us. But all I can think about is you pulling stay-at-home dad duty this week. 
I mean, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I work a full-time job, man. So my, my daughter is with my mom for the most part, but it's a, it's a juggling act because uh, my wife is at law school for like ever. So <laughs> I see her for like a few hours. So it's like I am truly have to do everything for the first time in my life, and I hate it. Like I have to wash all the dishes. I got to cook the meals. I have to make sure my daughter's bathed. I still suck at combing her hair. Like I'm trash at that. So <laughs> three ponytail, three ponytails, like, yo. That's all you need. One on the right, one on the left, one in the back, in the middle. Man, you just got to get the part straight. Look, I never had sisters. I never had a like. I never did a ponytail in my life. So I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning on the way, man. But it's it's an interesting time. So you know, it is what it is. Uh, fatherhood is, is Poor it's Kennedy. amazing. Don't have well, Kenny running around looking crazy. Have you ever seen my daughter looking crazy? Never. But once again, I've never seen you had to do her hair. Well, no, man. I, like, I find ways <laughs> to finagle my wife into doing it. Like, when she wakes up early in the morning before she goes to law school, I throw Kennedy in the room and be like, go say hi to mommy. And she sees her hair and she's like, let me fix this shit. So that's how that works. <laughs> that's good. It works smarter, not harder. Um, yeah, man. It, it's crazy. Your schedule is bananas. And... Seeing that, even just getting a little taste of it, I need to get you the the little uh, cooking apron, Dad of the Year on it, or maybe a wrestling theme one. I, I feel like you found your niche, and we got to do this now before you travel every other week here in a couple in, in a couple weeks because there's so much boxing to cover, so much MMA. But this is this is the great time. This is that embrace it, let her jump on your head, wild out, even though. I can say this again. When I saw her last week, she did not cry at all. She is perfectly fine. But I feel like she got to get it out right now. Well, look, uh, Marcus Vandenberg was in town last week, and we went to brunch. And I drank my face off, but uh, he got to see my daughter at her worst. Not even at her worst, just at her, like, I ain't fuck with you type of day. Like, she was really... <laughs> she wasn't in the mood, man. Like, she, she st finally started sleeping through the night for the most part. So it's like I woke her up and she was crabby as hell and she didn't want to be bothered. But the funny thing is, I think she has some colorism issues because she really likes Marcus because they're like the same pigment. All but little like, kids like Marcus. My son loves Marcus. Well, I guess it's something about his elder bars like skinnedness that helps him out. <laughs> my daughter, like, was she was just sitting there with him. She doesn't really do that with anybody else. I mean, she's good with people in general, but... It was weird. Like, she fell asleep on his shoulder. I was like, yo, what, what is going on? I was like, you could take her. You know, you take her home. <laughs> when my son first met Marcus, when I had my kids and we went to, like, the UFC fan experience when they still had the expo and my son was small, Marcus came walking up. You came walking up. My son, for some reason, takes off, gets up out of the seat, takes off full sprint, runs, and jumps on Marcus. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand it. Marcus just got that, like, that face, I guess. I don't I can't call it, man. Little kids love Marcus. So, yeah. now if we need a babysitter in L.A., we know who to pitch them off to. Because the kids the kids just gravitate towards the Vanderbergs. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's crazy. I'm happy for you. I did the stay-at-home dad life for like six, seven years. So, it's funny to see you get a taste of that. And this is the only time when you're not the old man on this podcast. And I feel like the old guy. And I just laugh while you go through all of this for the first time. Because even though you, you know, always had your niece, your nephew, it's just so funny to see you from like from from zero to 100 now. Like you get to experience it all. And to me, I, I did it like a decade ago and I can't even remember it. 
So I just get to laugh at you. Yeah, that's a little crazy. I mean, you know, I know people listening right now is like, what the fuck is this daddy podcast shit? Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to talk about it. But um, it, it's crazy because I went from never sleeping to just being doing whatever. Like, me and my wife just do whatever for for years. Like, people are like, when are y'all going to have kids? I'm like, when we're done having fun, motherfucker. Like, that's what we're going to have kids. Like, we traveled the world. We, we, we did everything that we wanted to do, like. Like I like I knew when having a daughter, like well having a child, because remember I didn't know the sex until she came out, but I knew that was going to be a life changing experience. And yeah, it's really like even though really, you guys still just still travel the world. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's just not the same. Like now that she's in law school, like we're not like it's different now. Like I don't see her all day. Like I, I don't think a lot of people understand my situation because for I haven't necessarily worked at an office. Since BET, and that was 2008. Before BET, I worked at home when I was running Hip Hop DX. I had didn't have a job where I had to go somewhere since the since so 2008 2009. And the last job that I had was when I was actually working in the record store Hip Hop site, which <laughs> was in 2003. So I've always been at home. My wife's a real estate broker. She's always been at home. So we're always at home. So this is the first time where. Between me traveling all the time and, be, and her being at school all day, like, we don't really see each other that much. It's only been a week. She hates it. Like, it's weird for me because I hate it because I just, I want somebody to help with my damn daughter. Because I, yo, single mothers, I know probably ain't no single mothers out here listening to this podcast, but if there are, y'all are amazing. I don't know how the fuck y'all do it. Yo, I'll tell, you, I, I'll tell you this. There's plenty of dads who get their kids and they'll, they'll still be with my kids and they'll be like, yo, I have my kids this weekend. Or I get my kids over the summer, and they feel the pain, Dre. They feel it. Wait, it's the best part is still ahead. Nothing, nothing was crazier than like three years ago when my daughters finally hit the age where they weren't little girls anymore, and like their hair were like was like teenage, like kind of grown woman mixed black kid hair. When I had to get out the the blow dryer and the pressing comb, and you got to put it on the stove the the hot, not not burn their ear. Tell them to hold their ear down. If they move, they they kind of tinge it. You're like, see, I told you not to move. You got to do all that, Dre. The the pressing cone where it just shh, you hear the sizzle, and you get the edges real straight. Oh, it's coming. You got You got to be a master at all that, Dre. I'm telling you. All right. I mean, you know, natural is in right now, so my dog might be walking around with an afro. <laughs> tell you, I did all this before it was hot on YouTube. Now I see all these guys going viral. Dancing around, doing the daughter's hair. I was like, I've been doing that shit for years. I, I missed the boat. Um, yeah, man, I can't wait. So it's fun to see you go through all of this. But even then, we still got a podcast. So we'll put the daddy stuff aside for right now. Let's talk about what's going on in the world. Because you still got your ears to the streets. And I know you took a little time out from working and preparing for these business trips that you're about to take to know that your chick, who you said, what, maybe a week and a half ago in the group chat, what is her name, Doja Cat? Mm -hmm. You're like, yo, I've liked her music for a while. It's good to see her blowing up, even though it's off a stupid single. I I've listened to the Moo song like twice. I don't understand the shit, but whatever. So it she blew up, and just as quick as she took off, it seems like she is hit and crash-landed. After what brings everyone down nowadays, Twitter stupidity. A tweet that is 
racially insensitive to say the least. She ain't backed down at all. And people wanted her canceled. You got a problem with her being canceled. I have a problem with canceling people. Look, I, I've been having... Like I, I like a lot of people have noticed, I'm not on social media as much. It's partially because of work, and partially because it shit disgusts me to a certain degree. Um, the art of canceling people has become out of control, and people continue to say dumb shit, which is true. Like everybody doesn't need social media. It's like a big ass microphone that just follows you around all day, and you you you're bound to say something stupid within a 24 hour period that people don't agree with. Um, her comments about uh, saying the F word, uh, degrading to homosexuals, is uh, she got, you know, she was like, I said it. I, I can't remember. She said it. She said it she said like four years ago. And I said she said she said it a lot. And she was like, what? I think she said fifteen hundred times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, people were pissed about it. And it's like. Again, my, 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 my view on this is probably different than a lot of people, because. She admitted it. Like, she just said she said it. There's people that I know that say it today. Once again, Mike Perry's still out here calling people, saying my nigga. Right? <laughs> Which is ridiculous, though. So, but in the, in the case of uh, a Doja Cat, um, you know, she said it. Like, the biggest thing you, uh, what you need to do is apologize. That's, that's, my, my whole thing is you need to apologize. But even in this social media climate that we're in right now, people aren't even accepting apologies. They're just out here handling cancel cards left and right. But I, I, once again, I got to say, like, how many of y'all hands are really clean? And for y'all to be saying, oh, somebody's canceled. And it's really easy. And the crazy thing is this. I was telling I was actually talking to Sean Porter about this yesterday. It's really easy to cancel the NFL when you never watch the shit. It's really easy to cancel a, a, a director or an actor when you never watch their movies. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to not like an artist because you never listen to her music. And then those are the first people who come out and like, yo, why are you watching the NFL? Or why you listen to this person? Or why you watch it? You know, you 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 like Guardians of the Galaxy? Like James Gunn is terrible. You <laughs> never watch the shit. Like there are so many people that are boycotting the NFL that I know for a fact don't watch the NFL. So who are you to come out and say you should boycott something? It's a lot harder. It's like a it's like a vegetarian has been a vegetarian the whole life telling you not to eat a steak sandwich. The shit is disrespectful because it's like yo, you never <laughs> tasted this delicious steak sandwich. Well, I don't agree with how the steak sandwich was made. Well, fuck you. I enjoy my steak sandwich. Like, we should allow people to enjoy what they enjoy and stop telling people how to think and, and what to do. And so going back to Doja Cat, if you don't rock with her because of what she said, fine. But I guarantee you the majority of those people that said that never rocked with her in the first place. She didn't have enough time for a lot of people to rock with her. No, she's been he, look, Listen, I've been listening to Doja Cat since 2012. Since she made her, uh, 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 what's it called, uh, So Per EP. Um, and she had a song on the movie Imperial Dreams. And that's how I found her when I was at Sundance. I've been listening to her music for a while and I enjoy her music. People are just now getting up on Doja Cat. So now they're just like, oh, she's canceled. Whoop de whoop. If you follow Doja Cat on social media ever, she's a weirdo. She's, not, she's, <laughs> she's a very weird, candid individual. And, it's, and it rubs people the wrong way. So now people are surprised that she came out and said, oh, I said this like 1,500 times. It's kind of part of her personality. So I get it. You don't rock with it. But what are you canceling exactly? How do you cancel some shit you don't do? Yeah, if you don't rock with it, you can't really cancel. Stuff. Like, you can't make someone else cancel it. Like you said, like, I, I sit back. I've never been one to say I'm boycotting the NFL because I just know myself. Like, I'm not boycotting the NFL. Um, just because, like, football is so ingrained in who I am. Like, I played football since I was five. I, I, I love the game of football. 
So um, I don't agree what happened to Kaepernick and everything else, and I'll say that all day. But I know myself. I'm not boycotting the NFL. But I do enjoy watching people who say they're boycotting the NFL who barely followed. And I'll be like, yo, you barely had a team. Like, you, you didn't do anything. And then the people who boycott and still play fantasy football religiously, I'm just like, cool, my man, but we ain't boycotting at all. Like, don't get mad at me for boycotting, and then you still play fantasy. Like, if you're okay with that, then we're cool beings. But don't, like, I love when people do it. You're, you're watching the NFL? Yes, I'm still watching the NFL. Oh, no, I haven't watched in two years. Cool, like, I, I mean, that's fine. I didn't ask you. And then they'd be like, how could you still watch it? Do you play fantasy football? They'd be like, yes. Don't talk to me that. Like, <laughs> don't throw stones. Like, if, if you're not, ain't no half-stepping. Either you in or you're not. And if you do it halfway, then cool. Don't judge others for, you know, not doing it at all. It's the weirdest dynamic. People do cancel shit off rip now. And, and we, saw it, we saw it with Kanye. Everything well, was canceled Kanye, but listen, everyone had the Pusha T album, and it was it, part of exactly. Kanye's rollout, and they're like, you know what, it's not quite Kanye, so we're okay. Like, you gotta, like, people gotta be clear, man. Like, like I don't, again, I just don't fuck with people. I don't cancel them. Because, <laughs> I, like, I cancel a television show. I don't cancel people. I just don't fuck with you. R. Kelly, I don't fuck with you. I don't fuck with your music, and I haven't fucked with your music in the, for a very long time. Because it doesn't feel right listening to Seems Like You're Ready, knowing your history. So I can't. <laughs> it I makes can't it a lot creepier. You. Yeah, it makes it a whole lot creepier, and it just feels very uncomfortable. But it's like a lot of other things, like the NFL. Yeah, I watch football. I also work at the Sport News. It's part of my goddamn job. So I have to watch football. But even if I didn't, I grew up loving the sport. I hate what the NFL is doing. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't indulge as much in like merchandise and shit like anything i feel like they're getting paid i try to step back off them like i don't i don't have sunday ticket anymore like i there's just like whatever i watch like highlights or whatever games on network television but i hear people is like yo you you do this i don't do this motherfucker you never did this so it ain't that hard (laughs) so it's we're like this fake outrage society that we live in where everybody's mad about something 24 hours a day on social media and trying to cancel people for saying anything. And a lot of the times the shit that you're canceling people over are taken out of context. So when you see the real conversation, when it happens, you're like, oh, maybe I jumped the gun. Yes, motherfucker, you jumped the gun. Then y'all don't even ask for, ask for explanation. But when it's your ass in the fire, because I guarantee you if somebody were if you were important enough to dig up dirt on and somebody found it, you'd be asking for forgiveness. Yeah. Right. And then on top of that, like everyone, everyone who had Twitter before 2013 got some shit on there unless you scrubbed it. But sooner or later, you said some shit that probably could get you canceled. But uh, it's like even if before social media, like y'all people have been saying dumb shit, like people have always said dumb shit or make it made a silly rape joke. or did something that was just completely tasteless. Oh, yeah. The bottom line, like ultimately. If y'all so mad, y'all should cancel every comedian that's ever been around. Like, I, I mean, watched I Eddie watched... Murphy Delirious with Elena like Yo. two weeks ago. And I was like, this shit is outrageous. Outrageous. You can't say 80% of this act anymore. No, and that's, and that's uh, you know, I was, like somebody saw my banter with Fonte on Twitter. I was like, it would never come out today. However, I'm always going to laugh at it. I don't give a fuck what y'all say. This shit will never not be funny to me. Never. It's part of my childhood. Eddie Murphy Raw, Richard Pryor, 
part of my childhood. The shit will never not be funny. Will I say the shit today? No. And I'm no better to, than to say those things today. But when somebody admits to saying something in their past, like, and, and feigning ignorance, I, I feel like y'all should need to chill. Like, I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody lost a sponsorship because of something their father said, like, 20 years ago. That's, that's ridiculous. Nuts. Like, that's nuts to me. It was racially insensitive. Who gives a fuck? It was 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> he apologized for it? Yes. Move the fuck on. See, like, everybody. People do not want to hear my mouth when I was playing Halo in, like, 2004, 2005. I'm just, dog, I'm just saying, like, everybody who you think is your favorite something has done some shit that you don't like. And that's when we're going to see the real test. The minute that your favorite entertainer, athlete comes out and says some shit, I want to see you cancel them. No one's canceling Chris Brown beat Rihanna. His yeah. concert was here two weeks ago. That shit was packed. It, no one's canceling outrage, anything. Man. Yeah, like, nope. and, and that's nope. a real life shit. That's beyond words. That's that's yeah. some real beating women's ass type shit. And we'll put a cap on it with this. My biggest issue with all of this is that when some real shit happens that we should really be concerned about, like, especially in the African-American community or just minorities in general, when some real shit happens that we need to be outraged about, that's where you need to put your energy. But people are never going to take us serious if we keep getting mad about every little fucking thing that goes out there. And we're running around boycotting, canceling, and we never follow through. The one thing that we never have done as a community is follow through on anything. We didn't boycott Chris Brown. We didn't boycott R. Kelly. We didn't boycott fucking Chris Stahl. We didn't boycott the NFL. Like, we are not united in none of this shit. The best so thing we've done is make Black Panther number one. Right, and that's fantastic, and I'm glad we did that. That but was it, though. Real, that was it. When it's some real pushback, when it's some real, real pushback, like on some things that affect the, the community, and we say we're not going to do this because it's something we like. Black Panther is easy because we enjoyed it. Yeah. But it, when it's true. some shit that you don't that you enjoy, and somebody says you can't go to that store anymore, or like people are trying to boycott the Asian nail salons for what was going on, motherfucker, you know how many cool Asian nail salons you can't indict an entire community. But we we don't follow through. So when it's time to come together on some real shit like voting, like to, tra- to get Trump out of office, who the fuck is going to take us serious and we can't do the little shit like cancel a goddamn rapper? Y'all need to cut it the fuck out. Drake's on fuego today. It's all true, though. Um, talking about wild shit, on to the next Kanye apologizes um, for what he said. You know, his racism rant shared, sheds a couple tears. I'm not buying that shit. Not that I'm canceling Kanye, but like you said, I don't really fuck with him. At this point, me and Kanye are two different people. And he's not my type of person. Did you feel any empathy? Do you think he cleared it up at all? Because I know you feel empathy. You're you're you. But (laughs) do you feel like it helped him at all going back out there and putting this out? To people who already liked him, sure. Me, on the other hand, I don't believe in apologies that go like this. I apologize for how my words made you feel. I don't believe in that shit. That shit is whack. Listen, that's like, the backhanded it, slap of apologies. It is because it basically says it's like basically says, motherfucker. If I felt like saying it, I'll just say it again. Yep. And if you still feel the same way, I'm sorry for you being too stupid to get it. That's how it always sounds to me. So when he made that backhanded ass apology, it, he's not apologizing for what he said because he still means what he said. He just is like he doesn't like how it makes him feel when y'all are mad at him. Pretty and much. That's, that's, and when somebody apologizes like that, I'm like, yo, that's not an apology. You can't apologize for how you made me feel. Apologize <laughs> for what you said. 
And now let's fe- see if it's a learning experience. If you still feel the same way, look, I like people who, who say what they feel and stand by it. And it's part of the reason that, got, that Trump got elected. Because even though he's a liar, a liar, fascist, racist pig, he says what he feels and he means it. Oh, he means and, that shit, which is bananas. But he means it. Most politicians don't say what they feel and mean it. They give you, they show you one hand, they hide their hand and show you another. So it, it, there's a lot of people who can rock with that. And it's something that's an admirable trait for a lot of people when somebody just says what they feel, regardless of whether it's right or wrong, they stand by it. I don't know if Kanye is that type of guy. Like he wants people to be, you know, his friend. And he's like, oh, I didn't know I meant that much to people. But you've been calling yourself God and all this stuff. You didn't like you didn't know. I get it. He's a little insecure. But it's like, yo, I just I don't rock with him. So I'm not like the apology. I'm like, you can keep it because yeah. you're not really about you didn't learn anything from that. You learned that people didn't like what you said. and It made you feel sad. Yeah. <laughs> he pled stupidity and then his feelings got hurt. And yeah, the, t- the tears, I've never seen someone blink that many times to induce like two tears. It, it was like he was trying to ju- just bat his eyes fast enough for for something to get in there to just spark a tear or two, I, I I couldn't I couldn't do it, man. Like it hasn't helped him at all for me. But once again, the new Yeezys will drop out soon, and, and it'll be a Yeezy season six or seven or whatever the hell they're up to, and, and people will be right there because he'll be passing the ox cord in North Dakota or some shit, and, and they'll love it. So it, it is what it is. Once again, Kanye not canceled. Um, the last thing, kind of non MMA. Uh, combat sports related is LeBron's barbershop special. Oh man, dude, I love this. This shit was incredible. But as I'm watching it, I- I'm wondering, is it too candid? No. For for an athlete of that type, and, and it won't hurt Braun, because Braun is kind of bigger than that now. I, I cringe for the Draymonds. I cringe for even though Candace didn't say anything wild or anything, the Candace Parkers for the OBJs, OBJ in a sport like the NFL where the owners aren't as lenient as the NBA owners. His coach isn't Steve Kerr. Like, can he really open up and let loose like LeBron and Draymond did? Um, and in future episodes, I, I cringe because I wonder if the show is just too real. And we, we've seen like Brandon Marshall from the Broncos, the linebacker, um, it's here from Vegas, you know, does mad stuff in the community. We graduated in the same class, a lot of the same friends, cool dude. Um, we obviously run it kind of in the same circle. So cross paths a lot of times when he took a knee with Kaepernick, they dropped all his sponsorships. I don't think he got them back yet. And that was, you know, on the sideline of a Broncos game. This is so much bigger. Uh, and the lens is right there. Cause only like six, seven people. I'm wondering if it's too candid and if people will kind of have a backlash towards the guests, not even LeBron. I mean, there's, listen, I think, I, like, again, I, I love the show because it's a show where we saw LeBron and everybody else on that show, from Gerard Carmichael to even Jon Stewart. Jon Stewart was great. Jon Stewart was fantastic. And I love, I've always loved Jon Stewart, but I loved, like, the whole comment about lazy being lazy and knowing when to get out the game. I love that. But um, the thing is, is that I, I'm not sure how well the show will do overall. And there's going to be people offended by it. And LeBron's come to a place in his life where he just doesn't care anymore. 
And there was a lot of people, like my wife walked in while I was watching. She was like, ooh, I didn't know LeBron talked so spicy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, LeBron says nigga. Like, on the real. Like, just on the up and up. But the thing is, is that the barbershop has been our sanctuary for a very long time. It's where we've been able to talk very honestly and very candidly with each other. And if we can't be who we are in public, then who who are we, really? And that's that's the question. And, and the shop is a show that kind of lets the world in on who we are and our real concerns and our real arguments. Not all of them are going to be so serious and some of them are going to be really stupid. Like Gerard Carmichael taking a shit on Hamilton to play was hilarious. <laughs> that shit's comedy. But it's something you can say in the barbershop and you don't feel as comfortable saying that out loud. And we should be more comfortable saying how we feel. And that's, that's my problem. Again, it goes back to this whole social media thing. Like if LeBron talked like that on social media, they would have somebody would have canceled him. But the reality is, is like, yo, this is who we are. And you need to understand if we can't be comfortable who we are in front of you, like I'm tired of hiding at a barbershop to talk about how I feel. Mm -hmm. Like the the whole art of, you know, modulating your blackness or modulating your color to fit in corporate America, it it gets kind of stupid after a while. Now, I get it. Like, you need to be professional in some areas. In some areas, you just wild out. Like, with your boys, you act a certain way. With your girl, you act a certain way. With your, when you're at work suited up, you obviously don't act that way. However, like, we have to be comfortable with who we are. And if we can't have these conversations with each other for, y- for the world to see, who can we have them with? And then who gives a shit if nobody's hearing these conversations? So I love that what, what the shop is doing. And uh, a, guy, a cat that I know is uh, part of LeBron James' camp, and I hit him, and I was like, yo, this is like... Honestly, one of the most important things for our culture overall, especially with the way social media is handled, I love to see what else you guys are doing. Like, we we need this. It was yeah. so refreshing because LeBron, dog, to see LeBron be LeBron and it's not like, ooh, drink Sprite. Like, it's him talking so much about what and we get to recognize, like, yo, the brother is on point. He's smart. He's an intelligent guy. He's not just a shut up and dribble guy. He's not saying it because he feels like he's doing what he wants to do. He's not doing what he feels is right because he's getting pressure from the outside. He's just being him. And I mean, he's probably he'll probably go down as one of the most important athletes, you know, probably behind Ali. Um, But he's going to have to be up there because the, the things that he's doing as a human being are phenomenal. And then you talk about how well he's played the game for 15 years. It's unbelievable. So anybody who doesn't like him, it's like, I, you know, I had my stage where I didn't like him when he went to the Heat. I thought it was whack. I still think it was whack. <laughs> everybody, but people make mistakes. People do things and they have to learn from them and they grow and what have you. Like the whole comment about uh, Korean kids making uh, sneakers, I think that was like 2005. And he was like, I don't know. And he learned from that. But once you learn from those experiences, like you can't, you can't cancel people for what they said in the past if they grow to be a great human being. Because, how about this? You would cancel Malcolm X if you understood who he was in the past. And that just came out. Be like, yo, Malcolm was a pimp? Malcolm went to jail? Boo, Malcolm X. No, yeah. no, no. People learn. People grow and they become better. LeBron has done that. And that show is a perfect example. Because it's just one. He had survivor's remorse. Now he's going to have set up and dribble on Showtime. This man is a monster. He's, a, he's an amazing individual. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it, but it to me, it kind of falls in the same category as the Sasha Barrett Cohen like show, where it's like, this is so great, and it's what we need right now. They are probably not going to give this shit a second season. Oh, the, the, the like, shop will get a second season if they have enough. The Sasha Baron Cohen, the only reason why I can't get a second season is because people are going to be on game and be like, <laughs> oh. It was, the same, it was like Borat. When Borat came out, 
And then Bruno came out and people were like, all right, like I, I've seen this. I know it's coming. Um, the shop is a little bit different. As long as you're, you're moving people in and out, you know, you got you got you have a nice rotation of guests, whether athletes, entertainers and LeBron can pretty much get to anybody. I think the show can have some life. It's just they can't do an overkill like 30 episodes a season. Like they have to do a few episodes, give us a break. Yeah, and come I back. think it'll be like and smaller than that. Like, you know, maybe eight episodes a season. Bounce. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be LeBron's little offseason project, his summertime, exactly. his summertime exactly. project. It'll be a summertime, like his thing to do when he's not playing ball. So yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it 100%. Nah, yeah, I, I thought it was dope um, in that regard, too. So many good quotes in there. Uh, but I did see people want to cancel Draymond after his uh, Juice Take Care of Juice quote. Was he lying? No, that's he's dead ass serious. Like, that's real, though. And it was a compliment. It's not like he said it like in a derogatory manner. Like, it was, you know, he was admiring it. As a culture, they take care of each other. But that's what I talk about, things taken out of context. Jews take care of Jews. Oh, I'm mad because he said Jews take care of Jews. But in the context, because Snoop talked about, the, the, you know, African-Americans get more respect overseas and get more support overseas. And it was the context of that com- conversation where Draymond said, Asians support Asians. They, like, he was showing how each community supports their own, and we don't do the same. Yeah. So for people to get mad, it's like, man, y'all got to, again, shut the fuck up. Quick, just run with the quote. Start canceling people. Um... <laughs> The other thing, this this formula that we see, and you brought up Mike Perry earlier, is there a landscape for this in combat sports? Because we we've seen, and it's it's hard, we can talk about whatever the hell we want on this podcast, right? But if we brought this inside of an octagon, me, you, two chairs, and we had four stools out, and we brought in a wrestler, a fighter, you know, a wrestler, a boxer, an MMA person and a promoter could we have the same open format in the climate that is combat sports because i feel like we couldn't sit down and ask mike perry like yo why do you say nigger like and a round table like i i feel like we can't sit down with cowboy Cerrone and be like what's your joints with trump like I, i feel like the climate is different and combat sports is still very much run by three, four people, and it's shut up and get paid. That's where it's shut up and just be an athlete. Yeah, I mean, because you look at who's the president of the UFC and look where he spoke at the Republican National Convention. You can absolutely not go in there and indict him or anybody else for supporting Trump. No. It's not the platform to do so. And, I mean, clearly, as we've seen over the years, they have been piss poor in how they have they managed to handle minorities. Because Tyron Woodley's still getting shit, and he fights next week, and people are praying for his downfall. And I, I hope he wins because of that. People are trashing Tyron Woodley for what he's done, what he said, how he fights, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's probably he better than Darren Till. I mean, to, to me, Till just lost. I mean, huh? What do you say? I, I feel like he just lost to Wonderboy. I mean, yeah, you feel like the way. Like, I mean, so I mean, I, I, my eyes tell me he just lost the fight, so well, I, I'm not gonna pick him to beat Woodley. Well, you know, but there's people that just want Woodley to lose. People like wanted uh, Daniel Cormier to lose. The difference with Tyron Woodley, and I'll just be really honest about this: Tyron Woodley is black as black can be. Black wife, black kids, Ferguson, Missouri. Talks about black issues. Doesn't shy away from any of it. Daniel Cormier doesn't do the same thing. Demetrius Johnson doesn't do the same thing. John Jones doesn't do the same thing. So Tyron Willie gets a lot more heat because he's very forthcoming about who he is and his background and what he represents. Mm-hmm. Other black athletes have an, and it's, it's weird because it's very uh, 
dominant in MMA. It's nothing wrong with dating outside of your race. No, so I'm but not, we see it with not, LeBron, right? LeBron, black wife, black kids. It's championed. There's no problem with him doing it. But Woodley kind of gets buried. Well, yeah, but well, it's, it's this kind of sport. It, it, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's, it's kind of strange to see so many black fighters with not, not saying that the white girlfriend or fiance or wife is an issue. The issue is they don't speak on black issues, right? You know, like... When, when they all shy away from it. So if when you don't have any support, Tyron's like an outlier now. Like me and Aljamain Sterling had this conversation like a year and a half ago. We we talked for a while about why don't black athletes, black MMA fighters speak up? Mm-hmm. And I was like, because they're scared. They're scared, and and not not it's mainly they're not even just scared. They don't identify with our issues. Demetrius Johnson doesn't identify with our issues. We see Demetrius Johnson as a black fighter who's getting. Played because he's black. Like, dog, you should be the number one fighter. You're the number one fighter. You should be getting all this da da da. He doesn't see it that way. He like what we talk about. He looks us upside our head. Like, I don't see color. Like, he's that guy. And if he don't want it, how how we can't want it for him. So Tyron's on an island all by himself, where there aren't that many fighters in his position that are able to speak up. So when he does, that's why they boo him. John Jones will speak up. No, love Daniel Cormier, but we never really heard DC speak up. No, I mean I, I remember like at a UFC thing, like he was walking. I think he won that night. It might have been two hundred. Um, and then he was coming out, and something that just happened. Uh, I, I forgot what you know, social event just happened, and we were walking, and just in passing, he's walking next to us, and we we're like, "Yo, are you gonna talk about this?" He was like, "Yeah, after this." And he just never came back to give the quote. Uh, I asked him. I asked him to talk about Alton Sterling. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And he never I came asked. back and gave you that quote, right? Like, I was right next it, to you. Like, he was, he was like, yeah, right after this. We're going to the tent. On, on top of that, he has my phone number. Like, I entered. This is, we need to get into comments source, but this is, this is on the same thing. When, I, when Champions first started, I was asked to do his, his blog. And every week I called DC and be like, what do you want to talk about today? And we talk about like Kevin Owens or whatever. So I called him and I was like, you feel like talking about the national anthem? And he sat there for a minute. He was like, okay, very uneasy okay. So I hit the tape and I was like, tell me how you feel about the national anthem and Colin Kaepernick kneeling. And he was talking and then he started walking back what he said because he was concerned how people were going to take it, right? So I could see DC, he wanted to be honest where he doesn't feel like there's a problem with kneeling for the anthem, but he was worried about who he's going to offend, right? Yeah. There's a difference between that and Demetrius Johnson, who may not may or may not just actually agree with any of the shit. But I can see these, I, I can hear in his voice, and I wish I still had the recording, because one day I would put it out. I'm not going to do that to him now. It's not fair. But he would try, he would be like, nah, I don't want to say it like that. Ah, come on. Um, and then he'd be like, let's backtrack that. So... He, him, he may feel a way, but he's not talking about it because he's scared of his position. Yeah. When you're like that, then it's, like, it's truly $40 million slave mentality. And obviously in the UFC, it's like $40,000 slave mentality. <laughs> but it's that, it's that mentality because once you, you, you limit yourself in what you can, are, can and cannot talk about, like it's, I don't think Dana White told him what he can't talk about. But once you feel like you're limited, then you're in trouble. I feel like, like he, he's justified in that because he's about to get a fight with Brock Lesnar and break the bank. Tyron Woodley never got offered the GSP fight. No, but it, you know, ultimately it's like, okay, in, to compare this to LeBron, if Daniel Cormier beats Brock Lesnar, 
and makes a bunch of money, I like, well, what are you waiting for now? Now the floor is yours. Like LeBron, he, he played the game, Pepsi, Coke, whatever the hell. He went to Miami. He did all the things, tried to be right by so many people. Now LeBron's like, I'm, I've done everything. What can you take away from me? So now he's speaking up. So I hope guys like DC come and speak up because John Jones is never going to do it. You know, a lot of these other guys are never going to do it or have the platform. I'd like to see them do it. But some of them just, it's not, I can't expect everybody to fight my battle. So I'm not necessarily mad at like Demetrius Johnson. I wish he would, but that's not my place to tell him what to do with his blackness. But that's like, I hope somebody like Cormier would speak up. If he doesn't, that's his prerogative. And even LeBron, though, LeBron said it. Like, a lot of it came when, you know, his kids started witnessing what was going on. And it hit home because he saw things like Trayvon Martin and looked at his kids and now these guys have kids, and you can think, like, I don't see color, all this stuff, but something's going to happen to your kids where they're going to realize you're black. And yeah. maybe that'll just be the eye-opening experience. You know, nothing, like, overly drastic, but someone's going to call them out their name. Someone's going to mm-hmm. point something out. You know, someone's going to be like, why your hair look like that? And their daughter's going to come home crying because, you know, they don't got super straight hair or something. Like, that shit happens. Um and as a dad, listen, I've been through the gamut of that. So it's crazy. So that really sinks it in. And we'll see. And that, I think, eventually, someone asked, like, I'm working hard trying to put together, like, a live show, trying to do all this stuff for the corner, whatever. Where we go from here to the next step is that, is being able to talk in a climate of combat sports where no one else can talk. Like, on a topics no one else wants to broach. And I think that's where we fit in. And we're the only ones that can really do that. So that's that's something that, you know, we'll take it from the opening segment of our podcast to, you know, a live show format and sit down with black fighters and black wrestlers and everything. And be like, yo, we're talking about this now. And that's where our platform is going to take us. And I, I think I can't wait till that. Um, let's get into the nitty gritty of combat sports because we're going to roll through. All of this pretty quick. Thankfully, we don't have that much to talk about. Um, UFC Lincoln is the only UFC thing really to pop off this week. Uh, we previewed it last week, recapping it. Michael Johnson wins. You predicted it. I didn't think he would win. Uh, this guy has nine lives. I don't know where he goes from here. He looked good in the lower weight class. But to me, I don't know what to make of Michael Johnson. The wins on his record are wildly impressive. But then yeah. some of the losses are just ugly. He's that guy. I mean, he's not a gatekeeper, um, but I don't, I don't know if he'll ever get a legitimate run. He'll have to string some wins together. But, you know, he, I mean, he's good for the featherweight division. It was good for him to drop down because there's too many killers at lightweight. It's a little bit the herd's thinner at uh, featherweight. But it was a good win for him. You know, maybe he fights a guy like Yari Rodriguez down the line, or maybe he fights a, uh, I, hell, I don't know. Division, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, really the division's like, what, top five, eight heavy? Yeah. Something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was a good win for him, and he's still he's still a name that up and comers will want to put on their portfolio. So I expect him to get a, a pretty good fight on the main card somewhere else soon. Um, one person that probably isn't because they retired, but I I take MMA retirements with a grain of salt. We're about to see Tito Ortiz versus um, Chuck Liddell three. Yeah. Like somehow this shit gets sanctioned. Uh, I did not put this in our show rundown because that's just ridiculous. Uh, but Jake Ellenberger Berger gets wrecked again. Hometown crowd puts his gloves down, Undertaker style, and says, this is it. 
Uh, I thought he go, was going to get wrecked, and he did, man. He, he's at the BJ Penn yeah, territory. So it's nice to see him, unlike BJ Penn, recognize it's time for me to go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. That was, like ugly. I, like I, it was an ugly yeah, I said last week that the power is the last thing to go, but the chin obviously never recovers. And Barbarine Hill was shot and it was pretty much over. So, yeah, it's time, man. Like, uh, you know, he's lost a lot of fights in a row against, a, you know, better competition. The Ben Saunders one was the one that concerned me the most because when I was like, when you got knocked out by Mike Perry, it's like, the like not Mike Perry was knocking people out. But Ben Saunders was the guy who was like, mm, you might be watched. So I, I gave him a shot against Barbarine on a, from a betting perspective. But I figured he'd lose. But, man, it was just sad to watch him just get killed like that. He just looks like he has no place in the octagon anymore. So hopefully he stays away. Like, hopefully the game over. Yeah, Move the on. game has passed him by. Um, and then main event, Justin Gaethje comes out and just wrecks James Vick. And James Vick looks so happy walking to the octagon. And I'm here cooking. I'm watching it. And I, Elena just looks over. She's, like, doing something on computer. She looks up. She's like, he's going to get knocked out. He's way too happy. To just be there. I was like, he's not going to get wrecked like that. And he got wrecked like that. Just that quick, chin up in the air. Justin Gaethje with a monster right hand. It, it didn't even look competitive. And we talked about Justin Gaethje. And to me, this was like a swing fight for him to see exactly where he is. He's the guy that's in the elite. And it's kill or be killed. But if he runs back some of those losses, maybe he's the one doing the killing. Like he, His style is his style. And he does it very well. I mean, I said he win. I said, like I like I said last week, and I said on the betting shows, I said everywhere that I talked to, I was like, Justin Gaethje is going to win this fight. I don't understand why he's the underdog. People are like, well, Vic is tall. He's only lost one fight. But he hasn't fought the guys that Gaethje has fought. And when losing to Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier is nothing to be ashamed of. James Vic got knocked, got knocked out by Benio Darius. That's his one loss on his record. And he hasn't, the, the biggest fight was like Francisco Trinaldo. So I, I kind of knew that, that he was going to lose However, I didn't see no first-round knockout like that. that <laughs> he was slumped. He didn't know where he was at for a good five I, minutes. Yo, guys that get knocked, like, when, when dudes get knocked out and your eyes are open, it's like a scary thing because I'm, I always <laughs> wonder, you know, it's like, damn, man, like, you're not there and the lights are off, but the windows are open. And that's crazy to me because it's like he was, like, his eyes were open, and if, his, if he was conscious – he could have saw that follow-up strike that was coming that Gaethje hit him with because Gaethje laid another one into him after that. Like, Vic is just not in Gaethje's league. Gaethje is, is a hunter. He's, he's a hunter, and sometimes a hunter gets killed, and it just happens that way. But there's never going to be a time in this universe until Gaethje is completely washed where he's not going to be fun to watch fight. No, I mean, the guy's just a human performance bonus. Like, yeah. win, lose, draw, it, it doesn't matter. Because to knock him out, you got to hit him with such a flurry and barrage of punches. That's going to make it fight of the night anyway. I and, mean, you just have to have <laughs> supreme technique. And his pressure is unbelievable. Like, guys like James Vick don't know how to deal with that kind of pressure. Guys like Eddie Alvarez, they're pressure fighters. So they know how to deal with that kind of pressure. And they give it back in the middle of getting it as well. And I think Poirier is kind of, the, he's become the same way. But Gagey, like, it's like... When the force is coming towards you, and you can, he's a snowball because it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you don't do anything to stop that snowball from getting bigger, you're going to get ran over. And Vic, Vic just laid down. Yeah. Like the moment he Vic didn't even get was, hit by the avalanche. He got hit by like the first snowball. Like Gaethje yeah. gets better as the fight goes on. He didn't even get to feel that. 
No, you can't. Like, Justin, it's, it's weird to say, but you can't really move around against Justin Gaethje because it makes his confidence grow. Like, when you start going backwards, he's like, oh, I got him. That's kind of how he fights. But if you stay in the pocket, it's like, man, I hope I get lucky with this shot. Like, that's how you got to fight him. I hope I get lucky with this one. Because <laughs> Justin Gaethje's not really a one-punch knockout. He usually wears people down. But if he catches you with a good one, you're going to sleep. But Eddie Alvarez is a guy, like, he bit down on his mouthpiece and just swung with him. And when that happens, you might be able to catch him. But you got to have a chin. You got to be able to take the punishment and dish it out. James Vick clearly was not in that league. No, James Vick wanted no parts of that one. Um, interesting to see where Gaethje goes after this. He wants Tony Ferguson. I think that would have been an amazing fight. But Ferguson obviously fights on the McGregor card. So I think he, he would want a number one contenders match. But then we have Poirier versus Nate Diaz. Somehow one of those people have to fight Justin Gaethje. And I think he'll be there and just be waiting. I mean, who's Kevin Lee fighting? I don't think Kevin Lee's fighting anyone. You, you want? No, Kevin Lee is. Uh, he's been like talking he's shit. Yeah, he's been talking shit to someone for a while now. Um, man, I don't think he has a fight. Al Iaquinta. Because uh, see, Al was supposed to fight Gaethje. And he, I was like, I ain't getting paid enough for this shit. <laughs> he backed. He was like, I'm cool. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I think Kevin Lee and Ally Quinta have been going back and forth, and I believe Ally Quinta beat Kevin Lee back in the day, like he Kevin did. Lee's like debut or some shit. He did. He it was like his second or third fight. But yeah, so um, I mean, we'll see. Like gauging, there's options. There's no one wants to fight gauging. Let's just be real. No, it's it's just not. It's like I'm trying to think what to compare it to. It's like. It's not acupuncture. It's like it's like going to the like the worst chiropractor in the world. Like you just got to deal with it. Like it's like you're gonna get hit. You're gonna get hurt. Can you weather the storm? You're not gonna come out of that fight clean. Yeah. Like I've I've always been curious how a Conor McGregor Justin Gaethje fight would go. It's it, it's it, so weird because Conor would hit him, but Conor's not used to backing up. Right. And Gaethje <laughs> only goes one direction. <laughs> it's an interesting fight. I mean, I think Conor. Probably wins. He's got more polish on his striking, but those leg kicks, a lot of that pressure, like kind of didn't like going backwards against Nate. So you never know. Yeah, the accumulation of punches. Like Gaethje's not going to stop. Like he'll put the flurry on, like Nate did. So you never, yeah, like you say, you never know how that would go. Um, that whole division, incredible, because every style, every matchup is so different. Everything is so fresh. This guy might beat this guy, but he won't beat that guy. Like it, it's so, so up in the air. And then you have Connor looming over all of them, um, who stylistically is just so different than everyone. And can someone take the left-hand punch? And, and that's always the key. Um, let's go to boxing. Not too much boxing either. I feel like next week we get to talk about Porter, who you just said you spoke to, um, versus Danny Garcia, and we'll let that fly next week. Um, this week, what, it was Canelo versus Triple G media workouts. That's pretty much all we got. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was uh... Yeah, we have the workouts this week, and I mean, well, I'm sure we, we'll talk about the fight more in depth. But uh, now we have this whole hand wrapping thing. Got, <laughs> Which is cool to see it, Kevin Ioli get his hands wrapped. Like, yeah. for an article, that's pretty dope. Stitch wrapped his hands. He talked about the difference, and Kevin pretty much said there is no difference. Um, right. But other fighters, like Clarissa Shields, came out and said, "Like what?" Um, Timothy Bradley, Kevin pulled like a lot of those quotes for his article. They said there is a difference. Like, it, it makes you hit harder. You just feel the comfort level to punch harder because uh, you're not worried at all about your hands messing up. So uh, it's interesting to see 
what it does. And, and to me, Canelo Alvarez just has another advantage. Whether, you know, fair, foul, illegal, non-illegal, Canelo just seems to always have these little loopholes, which is amazing. Like the gloves he wants to wear and all this. Mayweather wasn't playing any of that shit. But against everyone else, he seems to find these little advantages. Yeah, I mean, he's he's in that spot now. And, and like, to be honest, I've gotten to the point where I just want to see the fight now. I'm so tired of all the everything else. It's weird because it's like they're not going face-to-face. It's like a lot of through the media stuff. And I'm just like, I'm over it. Like, just please go fight. Because that's all I want to see you guys do. Um, but everything else that's coming along with it, on one hand, it's, you know, it helps the fight. On the other hand, people are just, like, exhausted. They just want to see the fight happen. So, like, hand wrapping, you know, tainted meat. It's like there's so many things that you look at Canelo, and that's what makes me concerned because you start going, well, without these advantages, how good are you? He looks slimmer. Hmm. A lot like, slimmer. I'm, I'm very curious. A lot earlier. Like, plays off. Yeah. On, on the scale, he always kind of looks that slim, right? And then he bulks up. It, you're three weeks away from the fight. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that I'm really curious about with Canelo heading in this fight. And I, I keep saying it. We'll go in depth during fight week. I'm picking Triple G to win this fight. Like, I picked him the last fight. Which is odd because you always said, like, moving forward. And I said the same. I, it'd be easier to pick Canelo. The the yeah. older Triple G gets, the more they fight, Canelo would gain an advantage. So, yeah, I obviously have trepidation in picking Triple G for that reason. Because sooner or later, he's going to get old in, in the ring. And it should be happening sooner. Um, because of his fight style, but I just between the taint and meat, between everything else that's going on, between how mad Triple G is at Canelo, <laughs> and and the fact that you know Canelo has to fight a different fight in in the sense that you didn't win fighting the fight fighting your fight, like you didn't win. People thought you lost. Triple G's not too much is going to change. The only thing I can really see changing is him going to the body sooner, which really surprised me in the first fight that he didn't go to the body early to stop all that movement. But I can't see if Canelo sits there and trades with him, he's going to get hurt. If he, if he moves around, he might lose by points again. So he's going to have to box the best possible fight. And Triple G is going to have to slow down in, in a way that we haven't seen yet. Because people are like, he's on the decline now. And I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if you guys watch enough Triple G. I mean, people will argue that he gassed around seventh round of that fight, which is true. Like, I seventh mean, round on, I, I think, you know... And I don't think it's a, a case of Canelo figuring him out. I think he let Triple G throw everything, and Triple G slowed down. But Triple G landed more punches in 10, and tw- 10 out of 12 rounds. Triple G landed more punches. Um, so it's, it's a fight where I'm not necessarily, like, the conditioning isn't something I'm as concerned about because Triple G still outlanded Canelo. It's Canelo changing up his strategy and boxing a better, smarter fight while Triple G slows down. Those two things have to happen in order for Canelo to win. And I just don't see him happening. Yeah, if you're saying he can't win his best versus Triple G's best fight, then he's on the short end of the stick. Like, if someone says, okay, Triple G G brings his best fight and Canelo brings his best fight, there's no chance for Canelo to win. Triple G has no. to bring his B game or his yeah. C game. Then, yeah, you're in a world of hurt. Like, then then you're you're kind of asked out and you got to get gifted another fight on the cards. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see what changes with Canelo. Um, both men are going for KOs. I, I'm not sure this ends in a stoppage. I can see a knockdown, but I'm not sure if someone gets flattened in this one. I hope so. Someone needs you to knock the hell out. <laughs> uh, let's move over to pro wrestling. 
Um, WWE is just kind of just going through the motions. They just came off of the pay-per-view. We're extending feuds. Um, Hell in a Cell is coming up. That's kind of just, you know, a holdover pay-per-view into, I feel like we're going to have two holdover pay-per-views because um, we have the women's, all women's event. We have another Saudi Arabia or, or are we in Australia? Some shit. Australia. Australia card. And then the next real pay-per-view is a Survivor Series. Um, so we'll just go through some of their stuff. Uh, the Shields, they're running raw. Uh, Roman Reigns is on top, but the other two guys are keeping them strong. I don't mind the Shield run, and I think it's best for Roman. Uh, you're a fan or not a fan of the Shield one so far? Um, I like the Shield, right? As I, I think I like the idea of the Shield being back together. They're not as hot as they were several years ago, obviously. But um, I think it's good, you know, if you want to keep like it's it, anything to get Roman over. That's where they're at right now. But I don't mind the Shield because Seth Rollins. I mean, even when he was a heel, I was big on Seth Rollins. And Ambrose with his new look, it feels like we're getting. It feels like we're inching closer to the heel turn Ambrose. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it feels inevitable because he's the, the one guy who came out of that group that you're like, that guy could be a star heel. It just yeah. has to happen. Uh, Dirty uh, Deeds look so much better that he gained weight. Yeah, like, he, I mean, he's put on some muscle. You know, he's not running around a wife beater anymore. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's cool. It, it's cool for what it is. I'm just curious where it goes and how it plays out heading into that Hell in the Cell match. No, yeah, I, I, it's... I mean, with, with all of them, I, I feel like we have to get the tag match. Um, and then Roman is probably going to face Braun, right? Braun said, you know what? I'm going to hell with them. I'm going to cash it early. We're going to go hell in a cell. It's going to be me and you. We're going to see who wins the title. Um, Braun having an unsuccessful cash in would be horrible. But that's what's going to happen. But um, only so many people have, and they've all been shitty people. Yeah, but it's going to happen to Braun. They're, like, they're in a position where... Like the, the the main takeaway from this is they turned Braun heel, and I was like, "What the?" That was I don't mind. To me. I don't Some mind people... heel Braun. Like Braun is always a tweener anyway. He's a monster. You could turn him heel face. But, but that. But my thing is, they did it for Roman Reigns. They yeah. didn't do it because they needed to turn Braun heel. Like Braun turned babyface just because the fans were behind him. This was like a forced effort. Effort because in reality. That the Braun that we've saw over the past several months or the past year and a half, he would have he should have destroyed Dolphin Drew also at the end of Raw. He shouldn't have teamed up with anybody. When has Braun teamed up with anybody? Nobody since the Wyatt family. Yeah, he Braun doesn't need a team. He's been a one man wrecking exactly. crew. So for him to destroy Roman Reigns with Drew and Dolph, I thought was kind of corny. Yeah, but I know what they're like. I get what they're doing. They're trying to get Roman over by any means necessary. And I just think at the expense of just forcing a, a Braun heel turn, it's kind of weak. Expense um, of everyone. But that's but that's why Braun's going to lose. He's going to be a heel. And, I mean, I don't know how bad... Like, the Braun heel turn can't be worse than the Becky Lynch heel turn. Because it's just... The Becky heel turn is just not working. It's not working to any degree. I like Becky Balboa as a badass, though. But every, everybody does. And that's the problem. Like, <laughs> she's her heel. Yeah, she's a, heels for it. yeah, she's just super over as a heel. Which is defeating like, the that's purpose. Why, that's why Ciampa is such a great heel champion because, like, you loathe him. Everybody hates his guts, and you love to hate him. Like Becky, you, 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 she, you feel justified. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. She's yeah. been, she's been the bride, bridesmaid, never the bride. Like, it sucks. So I get it. But so in the case of Braun turning heel, I'm like, mm. 
We'll see how they work this out. Him teaming up with people is just whack. Um, match of the week so far, KO versus uh, Seth Rollins. Great match for a Raw match, especially. KO quits afterwards. Bigger angle for KO coming? Please, I hope so. Like, if if they did this for him to just come back and be a dumbass in a couple weeks, it's pointless. But if he comes back as the old Kevin Owens, the old, like, again. I, Prize fighter Kevin Owens. Yeah, the prize fighter, the savage, like the one who destroyed Sami Zayn in NXT. Yeah, that's the Kevin Owens that's been missing, and not, that's the Kevin Owens that can be champion. Not the not cowardly heel. Yeah. Um, no Ronda Rousey, which was kind of weird. Um, no, she was there. What she? What you do? Watch it on Hulu. Yeah, they cut her you out. Watched Hulu did. I always watch it on probably because she uh she joined well. Oh, not, Natty won. Didn't see yeah, the Natty and then the Bellas yeah, came yeah. in. They're, they're going to be wrestling next week, and it's like, ugh. As far as ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I fast-forwarded it. It was on Hulu. Yeah, no, nah, I skipped that yeah. whole shit. Um, New Day opening segment on SmackDown. Super Excellent. dope. Um, King Booker coming out, even though Twitter reminds him he is a six-time, six-time, six-time champion, but it's all right. For the purpose yeah. of this, he is five-time Booker T, and, uh, man, it, it was great. Big E not being able to do the spinner Rooney and having to get like pushed around in the circle was great. Um, this is why the New Day works as champions. This is one like the New Day is one of those rare factions that we've seen that hasn't broken up, and you would expect them. Every tag team breaks up, and they usually do it way too soon. The New Day's been around for what five years now. Yeah, St- still super over merch machines. Still sell merchandise, no reason to break them up. I keep saying it. My only thing I'd like to see is Big E get a solo run. You don't have to break him up from, from the New Day in order for him to do so. No, we see it with Undisputed Era. Exactly. They didn't give Adam Cole the main title necessarily, but all three had championships. Yeah, and so it it's worked like, fine. Big E can... Listen, there's no... We talk about it all the time. There's no faces in SmackDown, right? right. It's, a, it's a roster full of heels. Why can't Big E go after Nakamura? Why can't There's that a, be a three-month program with Big E coming out at Royal Rumble and beating Nakamura and becoming champion and all three of them having belts? Yeah, there's no real reason why. So, it is so that'd be great. Um, Styles versus Joe just keeps on going. Um, the heat is there. Joe is just amazing. Pretty, yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty easy. I mean, I, I just, shit, I've been saying this since he got signed. Like, I've been a big Samoa Joe fan. And to watch him work this program with Styles, sooner or later the Wendy shit's going to get old, so they, they're going to need to do something else. But as it stands right now, like, Joe's just really good. Like, you give him material, and he's just really good at drawing heat. And I just love to watch him do it. Um, I do have a question. Why is Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton the Hell in the Cell match at this pay-per-view? No clue, right? Like, I feel like because Jeff Hardy's going to kill himself. Yeah, you're right. Like, he's he's just later. crazy enough to jump off of the cell. That That's the like, only thing we're going to watch that match for. Because logically, it would make sense for it to be Styles and Samoa Joe. Correct. Because they have more heat in their program. But somebody in the booking committee or an agent or Vince or whoever was like, let's have Jeff Hardy kill himself. Where can he kill himself in a Hell in a Cell match? Why are we doing this at Jeff like? After the bump at SummerSlam, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you're really trying to kill this he man. He just went through a table on national television. Like, he's killing himself. But 
there's no real heat between Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton that anybody cares about. For no. this to be a Hell in a Cell match, I'm like, this is the dumbest Hell in a Cell match in a long time. The, the worst thing he does is, is pull on his gauges, which is just creepy. And, yeah. And very Randy got, Orton-ish. Yeah, you know, the first time I was like, ooh, that's kind of clever. Then it's like, all right, you guys, you can chill now. You know, you ever watch a horror movie where it's like all the deaths are like the same, like gruesome type of death? Yeah. It's like, all right, like desensitize a, to the shit give now. Give me something. Turn it off. Yeah. Uh, have you ever been around someone with gauges? They smell horrible. To stick your finger yeah. in someone's gauge hole, oh, it's cringeworthy. Every time I watch yeah. it, it just makes me well, sick. You know, um, it's right. He's gross. Uh, Almas versus Bryant on regular TV. I thought the match was good. Ending in shenanigans, obviously, and I don't need, like, The Miz and Almas to team up on Brian. But I thought it was a good match for a while it lasted, and I would love to see you guys in a program going forward. At some yeah, point, we're not going to get it, but, yeah. It was, it well, was I think good. Almas would reach that level sooner or later. Maybe not this I'll... year, um, but I, I think he'll be a top heel, like, on the SmackDown brand. Um, eventually, yeah. he'll get the Del Rio push, which, yeah, we'll you know, the, the, the guy was super over. So, um... That is WWE quick rundown of all in because I rather recap all in, um, than I, I guess preview it because previewing it does what it's it's a it's a one off show, so it's not like we're talking about feuds and rivalries and, and this guy no it's a one off mm-hmm. show, um, so just going down real quick some of the matches just so people know them and know what to look forward to. Uh, Cody Rhodes, who is the mastermind behind this, an amazing businessman, still doesn't do it for me in the ring. But you know what, Cody? You're doing your thing outside of it. He's taking on Nick Aldis, who for some reason has disappeared and just popped up again out of nowhere. Um, He's NWA, World Heavyweight Champion. I didn't even know this. Um, Cody wins. It's his event. Or maybe not. Cody probably just puts him over. Just goes, fuck it. Why not? Maybe. Yeah, I, I, I say Nick Aldis probably goes there. I... Is he going to ROH? I don't know. Wasn't he supposed to go to NXT like three years ago and just never happened? Uh, who knows? Like this card, like you're right. Like what, looking at this card, because I've looked at it several times, there's really no reason to make predictions. We can talk about, the. we can recap how good or bad it was next Yeah, that, that's all it is. Uh, second match, we have Okada versus Marty Skrull. We'll see how the styles match. Uh, Joey Janela versus Hangman Page. Chicago I Street know. Fight. Janelo's fun as hell. His, uh, if anybody goes to, like, pro wrestling series, like, he has, the, like, the No Limit Soldier type. He has the pen and pixel artwork for his new T-shirt. Does he? So, yeah. <laughs> I got to check that out. So, uh, Heyman Page has been really good, too, lately. Uh, I've liked his work. So, Street Fight, the, I'm, I'm in it. Uh, Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and Bandito versus the Golden Elite, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kota Ibushi. No way that's not fun, right? Um, Rey Mysterio, yeah. it's kind of be the odd man out. But Phoenix is on the other team, and Phoenix is just fucking crazy. So we're going to get great spots. Christopher Daniel versus Stephen Amell. All right. Green Arrow is coming out. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, that, I mean, that's a palate cleanser of a match. Uh, the Briscoes versus SoCal Uncensored. Uh, Kazarian Scorpio Sky, because we just mentioned Christopher Daniels in the last match. That'll probably be okay. That's a standard ROH match. Um, over budget Battle Royal. Number one contender for our ROH World Championship. Okay. Uh, women's match Madison Rain versus Britt Baker versus Chelsea Green versus Tessa Blanchard uh, it can't be bad uh, Madison yeah. Rain and Tessa are both dope I think Madison Rain was just in uh, the May Young Classic so somehow I believe so 
I think she was on. Uh, they did bracketology last night. I'd have to go back and watch it, but I'm pretty sure she's in this year's tournament. Uh, so she's kind of pulling double duty. She's just like the ultimate free agent. Um, so that's pretty cool. We'll see how that goes. And then I believe it's the main event after that. No, we have uh, Jay Lethal versus the Battle Royal winner. So they got to do double duty versus Jay I Lethal. Hope it, I hope it's Brian Cage. I really do. Brian Cage just looks like an animal, right? Like... <laughs> There, there is no wellness program, I understand, in the majority of pro wrestling. But this guy is just ridiculous. It's just, just like between Brian Cage and Moose, those are the two guys I like to see it. Unfortunately, I think it might be Punishment Martinez. But Oh, God. Yeah. No, that's every ROH TV taping. I know, I know. But, like, like I mean, again, I hope, it, I hope it's Brian Cage. He's been great in Impact Wrestling. Um, is Cobb in there? Is Cobb in there? No, unfortunately. Oh, shit. Yeah, that would have been a great match. Um, and then main event, Kenny Omega versus Pentagon Jr. Can't be a bad match. No. Five-star Kenny strikes again? Uh, it could be. Pentagon is a fantastic wrestler, too, so could be. Yeah, so that's, that's crazy. You never know. I can't wait to see how their styles mesh. It's always cool to get these, like, quote-unquote dream matches between guys from different promotions. So that's the card. Like we said, it's a bunch of random put-together matches. There's no history, no real reca- uh, preview. Next week, we'll recap it and give out match grades and see Andres just rate everything super tough uh, as the world's toughest grader. Uh, Thank you guys for showing up this week, listening to us. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at The Corner LSN on our platforms. Me at Kel Dansby, him at Andres Hale. That is our show for this week. Until next week, we're out. Peace. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.